Good morning. Welcome to 2023 week two. And uh, today we're going to actually be talking about facing real life giants. Real life giants. Have you ever faced real life giants? Maybe you find yourself this week or coming into this year of a real life giant that you're facing. Well, I can recall one of the giants that I faced in life, and that's his name was Noah. And uh, he really was a real-life giant. So in fourth grade, Noah showed up at my school, and I had a ton of friends. And Noah was brand new to the school, but he was such a big guy. And so um, being, you know, kind of a mouthy person that I am, I started running my mouth to Noah. And he seemed to take it pretty well. You know, he didn't do anything about it. He, he just let me talk and talk and talk and... and uh, but he found an opportunity one day to actually uh, implement some of the aggression that he was holding on to. And we were outside at recess, and we were playing football, and I came, and instead of like two-hand touch, I kind of two-hand touch tackled this other kid. And so the kid falls on the ground, and everybody's gathered around like, what happened? Neil, why'd you do that and stuff? And so I'm gathered around, I'm like, I'm really feeling sorry for this kid, and, and I go to help him up, but I couldn't because Noah took that opportunity to jump on my back, and he uh, said, this is how you tackle. And he punched me in the face about 15 times. He put me in a headlock and just had my head just punch me in the face and said, this is how you tackle. And I remember up to this day, I mean, even, even as I'm sharing this story, I just remember him going, this is how you tackle. <laughs> he was a real-life giant. Uh, he outweighed me by 50 pounds. He was probably six inches taller than me. He was a big, big guy. And that was one of the giants that I have faced in life. And so uh, after Noah beat me up, my friends told me, hey, you know, keep it together. Don't cry. And I started crying and kind of lost my uh, reputation of a, a tough guy at school because I faced the giant and I lost. Man, did I lose. Have you ever faced giants before? Maybe giants of fear, giants of anxiety. You know, maybe a real-life giant for you coming into this year is the finances, trying to pay off all those things that you bought during Christmas. Big giants. Maybe it's a loss of a job. And sometimes it feels like, man, am I, am I going to win this fight? Because giants sometimes come in all shapes and sizes, don't they? Sometimes we face really big giants, and sometimes we face pretty uh, decent-sized giants, and it feels like I can actually win this, but a lot of times, sometimes we walk away with uh, feeling like we lost. Giants of parenting. Maybe there's a giant in your marriage today. Well, God is Elhana Iman. He is Elhana Iman, which means he is a faithful God. That when we face giants, God is going to be there in the middle of our fight. That he's always there to rescue us. He's always there to guide us. He's always there to give us strength. He is faithful to whatever he calls us to. He's faithful to helping us fight the giants that are in front of us today. 
And we're going to see that in the story of David today. We're going to talk about David fighting Goliath, which is one of the um, most amazing stories of the Bible. Just such a, such a beautiful story of what it looks like to face a real-life giant. Before we do, I'd just love to kind of get us up to speed on where we're at. So David is Jesse's son. And last week we talked about this where Samuel, he was a prophet. And what he would do is he would actually elect the kings. So they didn't have a voting system of who was going to be king. They had Samuel. Samuel heard from God on where to go, and he would actually go to people's house and say, you're going to be king. And so Samuel went to Jesse's house and said, it's one of your sons are going to be king. And so he goes through all of his sons. Samuel um, goes and looks at all of Jesse's sons, has them pass by him and says, nope, it's not this one. Nope, it's not this one. It's not this one. Hey, do you have any other sons, Jesse? And Jesse says, yes, I do. I have one more son, but he's out in the field taking care of the sheep. And Samuel says, well, then you need to go get him and bring him to me. And so David walks in the door and Samuel says, yes, this is the one. He's going to be king. He's King David. And so David, at this point where we're picking it up in the story, he's anointed as king. You're going to be king of Israel. You're going to be anointed, you are already anointed, and you're stepping into this, you're going to be king. And so we're going to pick it up after this this story happened in 1 Samuel, and we're looking at 1 Samuel 17. I'm going to go ahead and pray, and then we're going to jump right into it. God, we thank you so much for your word that, that we can truly trust you with anything that we face, anything that we're up against. Hmm. Yeah. Anything, Lord, that uh, just seems like a big, gigantic mountain in front of us this morning, Lord, I just pray as we just read your word that it would just come across so loud and clear that you have this. Thank you that we can trust you, God. Lord, I just invite you to speak directly through me. Uh, The things that I've wrote down, um, I I thank you that those are inspired by you. But I also, Lord, just invite you to just bring up to memory anything else that you want us to hear today. Have your way, God. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're in 1 Samuel 17, 1 through 3. And we're going to be reading a lot of this story, so I just invite you to stay engaged as we uh, read through this. The Philistines drew up their troops for battle. They deployed to Sokol in Judah and, and set up camp between Sokol and Azkah and Ephes and Damon. Saul and the Israelites came together, camped at Oak Valley, and spread out their troops in battle for readiness for the Philistines. The Philistines were on one hill and the Israelites were on the opposing hill with a valley between them. A giant nearly 10 foot tall stepped out from the Philistine line into the open, Goliath from Gath. This is when Goliath comes onto the scene. He had a bronze helmet on his head and was dressed in armor. 126 pounds of armor was on Goliath. Just think about that for one second. Like, 126 pounds of protective armor on Goliath. And he's already 10 foot tall on top of that. 
Goliath stood there and called out to the Israelites' troops, why bother using the whole army? Am I, a, am I not Philistine enough for you? And you're all committed to Saul, aren't you? So pick the best fighter and pit him against me. So what I want you to do is find the best fighter in your country and put them against me. So this is like the very first MMA fight ever on, on record. You are going to actually represent all of the Israelites, and I'm going to represent all of the Philistines. And so Saul, or um, Goliath comes out and says, you pick one guy to come out here in the middle of this valley and fight me. So not only are you going to fight to win this battle for yourself, because fighting a 10-foot giant with 126 pounds of armor is, is a battle enough, right? But you're actually fighting this battle to free all of the Israelites from being enslaved to the Philistines. So there's a lot riding on this fight. Okay, so this is the scene that we, we come in, into in 1 Samuel 17. Verse 11 says, When Saul and his troops heard the Philistines' challenge, they were frightened and they lost all hope. Man. I just want you to put yourself in the, in the shoes of the Israelites in this moment. You're the king. Your king has lost all hope. You are the battle. You are the warriors for the Israelites, and you've lost all hope. Have you ever been there before? There's a 10-foot giant in front of me. Like, there's no way I can win this battle. Everybody had lost all hope. Enter David to the scene. David was the youngest son. And while his three oldest brothers went there to war with Saul, David went back and forth from attending to Saul and tending for his father's sheep in Bethlehem. Each morning and evening for 40 days, Goliath took his stand and made his speech. So I, <laughs> this isn't just a one-time occurrence where Goliath comes out. This is 40 days, 40 days of Goliath coming out could you imagine the intensity of this fight? You already don't have hope. It says right in the very beginning that everybody lost hope. As soon as they saw this giant, they all lost hope. Now you got 40 days of lost hope. You don't have any hope for 40 days. That's rough, isn't it? They were terrified and lost all hope. There's no hope in the camp. Could you imagine the nights of this camp? Could you imagine being an Israelite and, and sitting around a campfire and waiting for the next morning? Man, I hope Goliath doesn't come out. And there he is. He stands right in front of you the next morning and says, hey, just, just one of you guys, come fight me. The morale of that camp is, is pretty sad, isn't it? So David's dad wanted him to bring some grain to his brothers while they were out to war. So David got up at the crack of dawn and having arranged for someone to tend his flock, took the food and was on his way, just as Jesse had directed him. He arrived at the camp just as the army was moving into battle formation, shouting the war cry. Israel and the Philistines moved into position, facing each other, battle ready. David left his bundles of food and care for, of the sentry, ran to the troops who were deployed, and greeted his brothers. 
While they were all talking there, the Philistine champion, Goliath of Gath, stepped out in the front lines of the Philistines and gave his usual challenge, and David heard him. The Israelites, to a man, fell back the moment they saw the giant totally frightened. See, David's new on the scene. He's not aware of this 40 days of this Goliath coming out and making this challenge. He's, he's brand new to the scene. It's a fresh perspective of who Goliath is. He hasn't been sitting around the camp talking about how big of a giant he is and nobody can defeat him. David is brand new to the scene. He has new eyes of what this problem is. So David, who was talking to the men standing around him, asked, Who is this man who kills the Philistine? Or what is it for this man who kills this Philistine and gets rid of this ugly blot of Israel's honor? Who does he think he is? Eleb, his brother, heard David fraternizing with the men and lost his temper. What are you doing here? Why aren't you minding your own business, tending to the scrawny flock of sheep? I know what you're up to. You've come down here to see for your sights, hoping to see ringside this bloody battle. David's brother calls out David. He hears him. Why is David's brother so frustrated? Is it because of David? Or is it because of the giant that he's facing that he's not willing to fight? You know, sometimes when people are really close to us and we're fighting a battle... Or they're fighting a battle. We're fighting a battle that maybe they're also fighting a battle in. It tends to be that like people seem to project their frustration on us. Because they can't win this battle. Because they're in fear of it. And so here's David's brother completely frustrated with David. And, and in fact, not only frustrated with David, but starts to downplay everything that David is doing in life. Oh, you've came here. Why don't you get out of here and mind your own business and take care of your scrawny sheep? <laughs> like, you're not even a good shepherd, David. Because he's feeling the guilt of like, I want to fight this guy, but I'm not going to do it. So I don't even want to hear about somebody else saying that they're going to do it. What is it in... Verse 29 says... What is it with you, David replied. So his brother's just beating him up, and he says, What is it with you? All I did was ask a question. Ignoring his brother, he turned to someone else and asked the same question and got the same answer as before. The things David was saying were picked up and reported to Saul. <laughs> Have you ever ran your mouth and then like, <laughs> Oh, you, you want to make a change? Oh, you're, you're willing to like do the work that you're talking about, all the things that you would love to see changed around here? Oh, cool. Well, yeah, we've told the leader, and they're going to go ahead and implement you to do all these things. This is where we find David. They were reported to Saul, the king of the Israelites. Master, said David, don't give up hope. I'm ready to go fight this Philistine. Saul answered David, you can't go fight the Philistine. You're too young and inexperienced, and he's been in the fighting business since you were born. So not only is Goliath a 10-foot giant, but he's also a Spartan. 
You know, Goliath is not only a 10-foot giant with 126 pounds of armor, but he's also been trained for battle his entire life. It's a tough, that's a tough giant. David said, I've been a shepherd, though. Oh, cool. All right, good. Yeah, all right. So <laughs> we, got a, we got a Spartan, and we have a giant who's 10 foot. And, but David, but Saul, like King Saul, I, I've been a shepherd. Tending the sheep for my father. Thanks, David. Whenever a lion or bear came and took the lamb from the flock, I'd go after it, knock it down, and rescue the lamb. And if it turned on me, I'd grab it by its throat, wring in its neck, and kill it. Oh, okay. And now you got my attention. So you're a shepherd that fights lions and bears. Lion or bear, it made no difference. I killed it. And I'll do the same to this Philistine pig who is taunting the troops of God alive. I love that line because I fought lions and I fought bears. And then he turns to the Philistine, he turns to Goliath and says, I'll take out this pig. You know, lions and bears, I, I've defeated them. And I can take out a pig. I've been tending my father's sheep. So what I'm hearing in that is like in his day-to-day -day routines, the things that he's been doing, that nobody else has seen, you see that, that he's been learning something throughout all of this. And I'll do the same to this Philistine pig who is taunting the troops of God alive, who delivered me from the teeth of the lion and the claws of the bear, will deliver me from this Philistine. See, God has been preparing David all of his life to fight giants. And what it came in the form of was just being obedient and humble enough to take care of his father's sheep. He didn't go to school to learn how to fight. He actually went to work and God had been preparing David to fight big, real life giants. God had been grooming him, teaching him, David, I am Elhana Iman. I am the faithful God, and I will deliver you from this lion, and I will deliver you from this bear, because I've called you to be a shepherd, and let me use this in your life. Let me, let me use these opportunities to teach you that I'm faithful. I've called you to do these things, and so I'm going to be faithful to see you through them. So David says, well, let me retract real quick. I've been a shepherd, and I have actually defeated bears and lions. Who cares about this pig? So Saul says, go, and I love this line, may God help you. <laughs> I can kind of hear, hear Saul's heart in this. <laughs> Hopefully God helps you, bud. Then Saul outfitted David as a soldier in his armor. And he put bronze helmet on him, on his head, and belted him with a sword on him over the armor. And David tried to walk, and he couldn't hardly budge. And David said to Saul, I can't do, I can't even move with all this stuff on me. I'm not used to this. And he took it off. So Saul says, here's how I would fight this giant, David. Okay, so you have a giant in your life. Well, here's how I would approach it. Here's what I would do in it. But Saul's the same one that hasn't done anything. 
You know, he, he's had an opportunity. If anybody was going to fight Goliath, it should be Saul. And so Saul starts outfitting David with, here's the weight and the pressure of everything that I would implement to fight this Goliath. Sometimes when you're fighting a giant, a real life giant, it's really good to get feedback from other people on like, how did you do that? But it doesn't always mean that you're going to fight the giant exactly the same way as somebody else did. You know, God's been preparing us for different giants. And so sometimes we always just look at like, oh, that's the way that it's supposed to be fought. And so Saul's trying to say, this is how you fight giants. And David says, you know what? I don't need all this weight on me. I'm actually agile. I'm quick. And that's what I'm going to use. See, God had been preparing David for a different type of fight than what Saul would fight. And that's okay. So let's see what happens when David actually fights the giant the way that David would fight. Verse 40 says, Then David took his shepherd's staff, selected five smooth stones from the brook, and put them in his pocket of his shepherd's pack. And he put his sling in his hand and approached Goliath. As the Philistine paced back and forth, his shield bearer in front of him, he noticed David. So this is one of those times where I challenge anybody to come out and fight me. And so the Philistine stands there, this 10-foot giant is standing there, pacing back and forth with somebody else holding all of his shields, holding his spear, holding all of, his, all of the, the war things that he's going to actually implement for anyone that steps out. Because he's, he's actually saving some energy for this fight. So I challenge anyone, he stands there pacing back and forth, and David comes at him. And he took one look on him, and he sneered, a mere boy, apple-cheeked and peach-fuzzed? The Philistine ridiculed David. Am I a dog that you chase after me with a stick? And he cursed him by his gods. Come on, said the Philistine, I'll make a roadkill of this buzzard, and I'll turn you into tasty morsels for field mice. And David answered, you come at me with a sword and a spear and a battle axe. And I come at you with the name of the God of angels' armies, the God of Israel's troops, whom you cursed and you mocked. This very day, God is handing you over to me, and I'm about to kill you and cut off your head and sever up and, and serve up your body and the body's to your Philistine buddies, to the crows and coyotes. <laughs> David held nothing back, did he? <laughs> the whole earth will know that this, this is an extraordinary God in Israel. And everyone gathered here will learn that God doesn't save by means of sword or spear. The battle belongs to God, and he's handing you over to me on a platter. Such a powerful statement. And it's one that, you know, is so many years ago that we could still implement today, isn't it? Man, you came at me with sword and spear. You know, another way of sword and spear is our tongues. They've come at me with a lot of words. A lot of things that, that are trying to, you know, a lot of giants of trying to beat me up verbally, physically. Maybe it's health. 
but I'm coming at you with the name of God, of angels' armies. See, you want to bring the fight to me, but the fight doesn't belong to me. You want to attack me and you want to hurt me, but this battle isn't mine to bear. David didn't take all this on personally. He didn't take this on like God has been preparing me for this, and so therefore, like I have enough power in myself to go out there and fight this fight. He took it on as you are attacking the name of God. And so therefore, I can come at you in the same exact power of that name that you are attacking. This is God's fight. It's not mine. This is the Lord's fight. I'm just reminded of that when Paul says, you know, the battle's not against flesh and blood, is it? It's against spiritual forces, a power of darkness, and our enemies. You want to bring this battle to me, maybe it's a mental giant, maybe, maybe it's a physical giant, maybe it's a financial giant. You want to bring this battle to me, but this battle isn't mine. This is God's battle. And he's a winner. God always wins. So like, you can come at me with whatever you want to say. You can come at me with whatever you want to do. But the battle is the Lord's. He is Elhana Iman. And he is faithful to win battles. He's been faithful in the past. And he will be faithful in the future. So that roused the Philistine, and he started towards David. And David took off from the front lines, running towards the Philistine. And David reached into his pocket for a stone and slung it and hit the Philistine hard in the forehead, embedding the stone deeply, and the Philistine crashed face down in the dirt. You see this battle where David is on the front lines of the Israelites, and the Philistine is on the front lines of the Philistine, or uh, the Philistine, or uh, the Goliath is on the front lines of the Philistines. And then they go and they meet in the middle of the valley. But when, when uh, Goliath got really upset about David saying he's going to win this fight, what happened was Goliath went towards David and started to lunge towards him. And what David did is he ran behind the Israelite army and got scared. No, what the Bible says is he actually lunged towards Goliath. Now, how many times do we play defense against Goliaths? You know, how many times are we always just backing up when something is fearful and something's too big for us to accomplish? How many times do we just get fearful and, and try to rally around the other troops? You know what? Yeah, I guess he is a big dude. I, you know what? I did run my mouth. I guess I shouldn't have started this fight. David had momentum, though, didn't he? And like when we, when we follow what God has called us to, what happens is you get momentum in that. And if you just keep showing up, you will have momentum. If you just keep showing up and, and pursuing what God has for you, you will have momentum and you will keep going towards, you will keep lunging towards Goliath in your life. David had momentum and it was in that momentum that the fight was won. It wasn't David running away that the fight was won. It was when David lunged towards Goliath. And I love that it says that David took out five small stones and he put them in his pocket. But it only took one stone for David to knock down Goliath, didn't it? So that means he has four more stones in his pocket. 
Four more stones for his sling. Which means he could take out four more Goliaths. <laughs> Think about that. It was just one stone that took out Goliath. That stone is gone. That giant, gone. I got four more stones. Anybody else want to say something against my God? See, David was so equipped not only to fight one giant, but he could have fought five. But see, if David ran the other way in fear when that giant came at him, when the circumstance seems too big and seems insurmountable for like what I'm created to do, I can't do this in my own strength. If David would have run the other way, he went to Benel to take out one giant. But God has so equipped David that he could have taken out five giants. He lunges towards him, and David takes out a stone and says, I'm equipped to take out giants. Look, I've defeated lions, and I've defeated bears. This giant, this pig, ain't nothing. God has been preparing me for this moment. I could, I could take out five of these guys. That's how David beat the Philistine. With a sling and a stone, he hit him, and he killed him. No sword for David. The men of Israel and Judah were up on their feet shouting, Yes, there's hope in the camp. There's hope in the camp. David has won. All those campfires for 40 days of, man, I don't know what we're going to do. There's no way. All hope is gone. After day one of lining up against the Philistines and seeing Goliath across the way, they've lost all hope. But now there's hope in the camp because of what David has done. And they're shouting, they chased the Philistines all the way to the outskirts of Gath and to the gates of Ekron. As soon as David came back from killing the Philistine, Abner brought the Philistine's head, still on his hand, straight to Saul. And Saul asked him, young man, whose son are you? I'm the son of your servant Jesse, David said, the one who lives in Bethlehem. Do you remember at the beginning of this story, David is anointed as king, which is Saul's job. He doesn't see this as a sneaky way to use God's name, to use God's power, to use this amazing defeat of this giant to kind of move Saul out of the way of king. He actually sees it as a way that I can serve my God and my king. I don't need to make this happen on my own. I don't need to use my authority and my power to, to kind of get my way now. David says, I'm a servant of the king. Because you know what? In this, God is Elhana Iman. He called me to be king, but this isn't the right time for that yet. So I'm going to come under the authority of the king and say, you know what? I'm going to just serve this king until it's my time. What about us today? What about our giants? What about our giants today? 
fear, money, bills. Maybe you really feel called 2023. I'm supposed to start a small business. It just seems way too big for me. What about the giant of marriage? When things aren't going as planned and just seems like, man, we have so many hurdles in our marriage. Or an ad- inadequacy of, of parenting. I don't know that I'm like a great parent. Sometimes it feels like a giant, doesn't it? That's why these stories are in God's word. Because he's Elhana Iman. And he was faithful to David. He's going to be faithful to you. And he's going to be faithful to me. He's going to fight our battles. And so we can implement the story of David today. David doesn't read the room to see if something's doable. He doesn't, he doesn't ask the troops, is this doable for me, guys? Like, what do you think of this? Is, is this something that you think I could help out with? <laughs> David is doing the minimal tasks, this, these little tasks of running on a donkey with food and grain to his brother's. And shows up on the scene. He gets the idea that there is no hope in this camp. Well then therefore God has called me here to bring hope. He doesn't read the room. He's not a, he's not a thermometer. He's a thermostat. David recalls what God has been preparing him for. He recalls that God has been faithful at saving me from lions and bears and actually given him the power and the strength to defeat those things, to protect the sheep. And I love that too, that lions and bears to protect the sheep. You know what the Israelites were? They were God's people. They are God's people still today, as everyone is. But the Israelites were called to be God's people Those were God's sheep. The same protection that David received to protect his father's sheep is the same protection that he received to protect God's sheep. He recalls that. He remembers, you know what, God? You've been faithful in the past. You're going to be faithful now. He reminds the giant that this isn't his battle. He's not going to try to do this in his own strength. The battle is the Lord's. He doesn't say that to himself. He actually says that out loud to the giant. This isn't my battle. This is actually God's battle. And you're the one that's trying to fight against God. And I'm telling you, that's a bad day for you. He reminds the giant, the battle is the Lord. Sometimes you got to speak to the giant and say, you know what? This isn't my battle. This is God's battle. This isn't my fight. I can't do this in my own strength. God, you're going to do this. And lastly is he takes off from comfort, doesn't he? It's way more comfortable to sit in the camp and sit around campfires with no hope. Like everyone else. I'll just, you know, I'll just, this is what everybody's doing. But David takes off from comfort and he runs towards the battle. He runs towards the giant. He takes off from comfort. 
He puts one foot in front of the other. Sometimes we need to do that. We can learn from David today that we need to have momentum. <laughs> I'm preaching to myself because it's, it's so hard to, to not, to, to just look at the giant as like it's just so big. It's, it's too big. And, and you just get comfortable in, in like the, in losing. Sometimes you just get comfortable in it. But when we take one step forward, maybe, maybe it's just one baby step today of just saying, you know what, I'm going to choose to trust God today. I'm going to choose to trust God in whatever it is in front of me. I'm going to choose, I'm going to take one step towards it and get that momentum going. And here's the thing is like, there's so many of us that want to see breakthrough in life and we, we want to see God do something amazing like defeating a giant, but we don't want to be consistent in anything. So David had been consistent at being a shepherd and God used his consistency as a shepherd to f defeat giants and call them as king. But sometimes like we're jumping from ship to ship, the ship to ship, and we're just like not consistent at anything. And what God's saying today is there's breakthrough and consistency. When you show up more than once, when you show up when that giant seems too big, that when you are consistent at like, you know what? This is God's fight. And the breakthrough doesn't always come on the one day. Sometimes it takes 40 days. Sometimes it takes 40 years. But when you're consistent, there's breakthrough that comes. There's breakthrough in consistency. And so we consistently say, you know what? I'm going to take one step towards this giant today. Whatever that step is, and in 2023, I know that this is our online service, and, and so one thing that I just, I've really seen in the last year is when people step into consistency at trusting God with their finances, God brings breakthrough. You know, if you're having, a, if you're having an issue with your finances right now, be consistent. When people have consistency at attending church as a family, God brings breakthrough in their marriage. God brings breakthrough. When, when people are consistent at serving others, God brings breakthrough in their hearts. And I've seen it time and time again. And so even taking one step towards the giant today, what, whatever that is, I just want you to know that there's power in your consistency, in the breakthrough, the battles that you want to see won are actually going to happen as you're consistent at fighting them. Stepping out of his comfort is what David did. He stepped away from the line and he said, you know what? This battle was in the valley. Sometimes we have to go to the valley to fight battles. Man, this isn't easy. This isn't exactly like the most fun thing that I could possibly do. You know, budgeting your money is not the most fun thing you can do. <laughs> and sometimes you got to step out and be like consistent. I'm going to budget this year. I'm going to truly do that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tithe and I'm going to budget my money. And watch how God brings breakthrough in that. There's breakthrough in consistency, stepping out of our comfort and running towards a problem. God is Elhana Iman. He is the faithful God. He did it for David. He did it for Moses. He did it for Noah. He did it for Jacob. 
He did it for Esther. He did it for Solomon. He did it for Peter. He did it for Paul. He's faithful. He's faithful. The whole Bible is about this God that's faithful. He is Elhana Iman. He will be faithful to giving you the strength and the power to defeat any giant that's in front of you today. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much that you are a faithful, faithful, faithful God. And so, Lord, I just pray for strength that anyone that's listening to this, that you would just give them so much strength and power to, to even see. I, I also just pray exactly as David just arrived on the scene, how everyone else had kind of already been in that environment for a while. So, Lord, anyone of us that struggles with work or um, any one of us that struggles with our family, it just seems like, man, there's so many giants I can't make connections or I'm just struggling with my job. I'm struggling with uh, my family members. Lord, would you give us new eyes that it's like we just arrived on the scene and, and everything that we've learned from our past, Lord, would we implement today? Anything that we've, you know what, I've just been living on uh, running away from my problems, Lord. I just pray for strength to just step out right now and just run towards any issues that are in front of us and say, the battle is yours, God. This battle is yours. Relationship battles, marriage battles, parenting battles, financial battles. The battle is yours, God. We choose to trust you. You are Elhana Iman. The battle is yours, God. Thank you that you're a winner, that you win battles, God. I just pray for anyone that's listening to this that's dealing with health battles. Lord, I just pray in Jesus' name that there would just be healing over health battles, ongoing, long-lasting health battles, that maybe you felt like you've just been in a valley dealing with health battle after health battle after health battle. We pray for healing right now in Jesus' name. What you did for us on the cross is a winning uh, a winning sacrifice. And so any health battles that anybody's listening right now, Lord, that there would just be healing right now in Jesus' name. Body be healed. Mind be healed. Heart be healed right now. Any battles that have been too hard to, to get through, uh, be healed right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for tuning in. <laughs> we would love to see you uh, this upcoming Sunday. We'd love to see you in person. You are always welcome at City Church. Be blessed and hope to see you soon. Bye.